from Los Angeles and Nashville. Get ready to go behind the scenes with Entertainment Dudes. What happens when you pair a director, Cut. a voice actor, in a world, and some of the most interesting people in entertainment? You're about to find out. I think we're recording. Yeah, you're not lagging anymore. You look good. I'm not lagging? No, you look great. Speaking of looking great, check me out in my entertainmentdudes.com merchandise, which you can get from merch.entertainmentdudes.com. And you can wear a picture of Cam's and my face on your body at all times. You just, Am I you lagging? Know, what? No, no, you're not lagging. You're looking good. You look great. And all the proceeds from the Entertainment Dudes merch go to us, to me directly. You know, <laughs> we have absolutely no charities that we donate to, and it's entirely not selfish. No, it goes Spending to every helping, dollar you give us on ourselves. It, it goes to helping make sure that we have more fun shows, that we can continue to do this. Yes, that's our altruistic side. Yes, we can continue to bring you more fun guests. Yes. And today's particular focus, and since I was focusing on the merch. On the shirt, on the, on the merch. Yes. Anytime you're wearing my entertainment needs merch today. No, you wore your I, clown, I wore my, your clown my, one. My uh, voiceover dude. Yeah, you're, you're, I like that you put a clown on your voiceover. It's dude not there. a clown. It's a clown, dude. Look it's at this. A thing. It's a no, robot. It's a robot. It's the headphones and the microphone. It's a robot. Yes. Well, today we have an exciting guest and we're we're really excited to have Laura Brody on the show. She is working on not only just costuming. Hey, hello. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to give the tea up properly. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let's let's tee up. Okay, go ahead and tee up. Okay. So for wardrobe, costume, everything that goes into actual cam dude <laughs> okay sorry. let's try it again <laughs> stop so you're gonna give a complex to our guest and she's not she's literally gonna leave the lobby and never right, what, come she, back. what does she do <laughs> works in wardrobing and costuming styling everything that goes onto the actor to help tell the story because costume is so important it's it informs who the people are mm-hmm, and gives us impressions mm-hmm. of them now cam would you please okay. bring our guest into the show and i always wanted to find out the origins of wardrobe is it true that it was actually from a drobe they used to use in wars it was a drone actually it was a, a dro- war drone, drone and war then it drone. actually and then it changed over time into wardrobe yes. wardrobe okay uh, actually um it's a point of a little bit of contention in our in our the people in our field um it's costume are oh. we in the costume department uh i work as a costume designer a costumer okay. it's not wardrobe it's a costume okay ladies and gentlemen our guest is a costumer and she does costuming, and there's a difference between wardrobe, wardrobe and, costuming. and costuming. Yes. So. And so please welcome our costume designer, Laura Brody. Okay. <laughs> Laura, this is your first time on the show, right? Have it you been? Is the first time on the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. <laughs> She's like first and last time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, please come back. Don't leave. Hopefully, hopefully well, not last. No, I really well, appreciate it. No, we like having you. It's great. We, I know we've been trying to get you on the show for a while and you've been crazy busy. So um, tell us a little bit about, first of all, what you do. Like, what what does a costumer do and what does separate a costumer from wardrobe? Because apparently those things are different. So inform our public. All right. Well, I am what's referred to as a dual card holder. I'm a member of two Hollywood unions. I'm a costume designer in uh, Costume Designers Guild Local 892. And I'm also a 
women's finished costumer in the motion picture costumers local 705. Hmm. And so those are two different jobs of the variety of jobs in the costume department. Wow. So what's the difference between the two? Um, the costume department, the costume designer is the one who designs the look of all the costumes and they'll work with the director and the producers to create to create the look and they work directly with the with the lead actors and they give all the all the design direction to the whole rest of the department. And the costume a costumer would be somebody who takes that direction and does all the legwork. Okay. Of like sourcing the sourcing costumes, like shopping, organizing, um fitting. I worked a lot as a as a background costume fitter, which is how we met. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's a place where you get the direction from the costume designer and then you put it in you make you put it into reality on people. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I often love like in, in whenever you're telling a movie or whenever you're making a story, I always say that there's three stories that you create. You create the actual written script and that's one version of it. And then the secondary is what you actually produce and shoot. And then the third is the edit. So it's essentially three films. In the second process, as, as a writer, whenever you're creating the characters, you have a very vivid idea of what this character is. Sometimes it's informing the period. So if, for example, for you, you were working on a project recently, um, we could talk about Obi-Wan, right? Just at least about that you were working on this. I can, I can say that I worked on it. I, I, yes, I can, okay. I can say that I worked on it. I can tell you what job I did. Okay. Okay. Cool. I just think it's very, it's very exciting when you take a world like this, which, which is already known and established and you're trying to fill in characters and inform, you know, separate those characters from others inside of the same universe with their own personality. When you're, when you're designing somebody or you're dressing someone, what kind of things do you take into account as you're making a character, especially for maybe a show like a star Wars or maybe just another period piece. You did a, a horror film recently for any indie horror film, right? Um, I did that indie horror film, yeah, fairly recently. Um, that was, and that was, that was contemporary. So it was really, um, it was that one, um, it was called One Bedroom and it was a contemporary horror movie in Los Angeles. And it was really about, um, making everybody look pretty normal. Um, I don't know if you guys are like Adam's Family fans, but there's a, something, and I think Wednesday. Yeah, like Wednesday talks about her Halloween costume and she says, I'm a serial killer. They look like everyone else. Um, oh, that's crazy. That, <laughs> that was like the vibe of one bedroom is that they okay. just look like everybody else. People, the way to tell the story and create these characters is to make them not stand out and look like the most normal people that you can. And that's kind of what makes it terrifying. Yeah, that's fascinating. So when you take a main character, let's say you get a script, let's say, um, how do you begin to approach that process? Like, how do you decide what they're going to wear? Well, the, the first thing I, I will read the script once with like no notes, no nothing. I just want to read the story and just feel like feel my emotions and go on the ride without really getting too deep into the characters. Then I'll read it a second time to to actually do that, to try to feel who the characters are and think a little bit about what would make them distinct or stand out or what, how the, how the costumes could create that character. And then I'll go back and another time and do more of like a technical read through to try to understand 
what happens if like what are the actions of the script what are the actions that the person does and how we want to use the costumes over the course of the time to tell the story or to like move the narrative along if that's appropriate very cool i know uh, for me visually being being a director and, and cinematographer at times you know there's a visual element of storytelling which characters arc and change and you know a lot of times my lighting will change based upon the internal struggles or changes and you know even just the changes in atmosphere location um do you do you consider those things as you're developing the costumes as well just oh, in terms of informing oh, oh the a hundred percent you consider that like you'll get your i'll like i'll kind of complete my concept of how to do the design and then we'll come back with the, all the technical specifications from like what the what the location looks like maybe if the time of year has changed how many other people are in the scene and how much money you have <laughs> predominantly then, how much money you have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how much money the character has or how much, yeah, money, well, how the, much money the production the has will be reflected as like all you know all the different things that make a person a person um and then you will you will kind of you will kind of go from there but i, I certainly um, I came from working in independent film and I spent like a few years designing indie movies, mostly kind of like horror and action movies, because that's what I really like. And uh, we had this one indie movie I, I did. It was called The Fear Chamber. And we had like $35 to make this whole movie. It was ridiculous. And so, why so much? Holy cow. Yeah. Who's your investor? I'm going to need a name. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was it was a, it was a wild time, and I definitely have some crazy stories from that one that I I certainly can tell you. But uh, why why did they even bother giving you any money? I mean, thirty five dollars is like one bracelet, and you're like, and budget's you like multiples of every you know in horror movies, everybody gets covered in blood, and you like five of the same thing. And so we had like like you were saying, you do like a kind of a technical meeting about the costume design with the production designer because uh, costumes are part of production design. And you need to have a like harmonious, the, the person in the costume has to be harmonious to the backdrop. Mm -hmm. So we have the production design meeting. I knew what the where the sets were, what was gonna happen in those script days and the scenes. And then, you know, did did fittings, got them approved. And indie, and you always wanna just make sure like there's like some real basic stuff. Like don't put the shirt the same color as the wall. Like, don't do the shoes the same color as the floor. You want to be able to see the person. And at the last minute, all the locations fell through. I'm telling you, every day we showed up to set, it was a different set than I was expecting. And oh our my God. Wow. shirt was the same color as the wall. And <laughs> lime green, lime, uh, lime green screen green. And it was one of those, like, you couldn't make this up. I was like, guys, we don't have any more money. I can't reshop. You know you won't put any more money on the my, like, P card. So I can't buy you any more clothes anyway. So we're just going to, you're just going to have to, we're just doing this. You're just this. You're going to have to paint the wall. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I think there's. I think that was the one where the Catherine the second AD got fist fight. An actual <laughs> That's a good production, I take it. Was, wow. Uh -huh. No stress there. No, you know, the stress, they, there's always stress. You never know where it's going to come from.
there's like very different stress of like mm-hmm. making something you have the emotional attachment to like Obi-Wan Kenobi and making an indie movie with $35 in a box truck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got it. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're, we're always talking about passion, Paseo, uh, you know, right. just it's saying it means to suffer. And there's an element of suffering in the craft, no matter what department you're in, no matter what you're doing, especially it's always limited time, always limited budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for the largest productions ever, there's still elements and pieces where there's time involved. And, you know, so for you, for example, I, I had an opportunity to just go and get dressed because I was going to be I was cast as a particular character. And then and then in the end, the next that night, they called and said, we don't need you anymore, which is like, no, it's terrible. But you see row upon row upon row of clothing to choose from. And I know that the look for me, they came in, you guys just like look up and down, head to toe. OK, uh, we want to do this. We're going to add these pieces. Let's. So that creative process was fascinating to me because you're making so many decisions right on the spot. Like, how do you size up a character, even just one as insignificant as as mine was, but so much care and passion went into it? Like, how do you approach even characters with so much time? Like, you have to crank people out. Yeah, working as a background costume fitter, you really do have to crank it out. And nobody is insignificant and everybody, everybody is special. And even if you have a short amount of time to spend with them, that time is special and it, it is important. And whether they make it on screen is, frankly, is irrelevant. It's just about, it's about doing the process and being present in the process, doing like doing the good work and the interaction that I have with the actor, whether it is, you know, background actor that's never going on screen or number one on the call sheet. They're equally, they're equally important. It's just how much time and money that you have. And I have to say, um, I are you guys familiar with called like peak flow state? No, nope. I do a lot of like yoga, meditation, kind of like uh, esoteric studies, and I find that when I have to work at the, that very high of a speed, I need to get into something that's like a called like a a, a, fl- a flow state where I will look I will look at the person who comes into the room. I'll make sure I actually have their sizes correct and just. And with COVID, it's so weird. I have to get them to like take their mask off so I can see mm-hmm. their face. One of the things I always say is dress to the face. You really mm. have to see, you know, the body, the face, the hair, and the like the demeanor of a person. And once you can take that moment to kind of bring, like absorb the totality of who that person is, and then the process of getting them into the character. Um, I find for myself, it's be- it goes better if I don't overthink it. Then um, you know, you know, you know, you know, you're going to go from like point A to point B and you're going to have, um, you're going to get notes, you're going to have to make changes, but I try to just, you know, make it go, make it very smoothly. And well, I'll like it. You know, you said when there's like just racks and racks, I just go out and I just start, I start touching things and some things will, something will just come, will just pop off the rack to me. And I mean, sometimes I, I do, I've done these wild, you know, wild kind of like creature character fittings. And sometimes you put like three, the first three things you put on somebody and you're like, great, this is perfect. Like, yeah, this is them. It's it. That's, yeah. what, you're, that's what you're going for. Is this just like easy, 
like kind of I, I am a real minimalist as well. I don't like to I don't like to do too much. I like to get the right piece and let it speak for itself. Yeah, that that's what's really cool because I thought mine came together super fast. And then I know there was a it was the boots that was the challenge. I thought that'd be the easy part. It was like, you know, there was literally 10 or 15 pairs. Nope, not that one. It's not that one. It's it's too high. It's it's not right next. And and so much attention into one piece. And the thing is, is that whenever you're working on production, you as a designer, uh, a costumer, you don't know what's going to end up on camera. And I might yeah. decide as a director to do a close up of yeah. this person's boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You randomly. Have to pay attention to like every single piece of detail because at any moment you could have like a random shoe close up of somebody, or you literally will never ever see them at all. Yeah, and you don't know what's what, and, and you, you don't know what like level of detail on the show. You just give everything the same amount of attention and that's it. But yeah, you de I definitely, I will take into account a lot of times the person's coloring and their, like their, their kind of their body shape and size to try to at least make them, make them look good into themselves. Unless of course they're supposed to look bummy and crummy and then maybe I will not choose like a color combination that really enhances how right. they look to start with how um how do you how did you develop your passion for this i mean where did all this where did all this start how did you fall into the industry um i think i was really i just like i love clothes so much my family are all scientists but they're very they they're very much patrons of the arts and they mm -hmm. love anything that's related to performing arts, um, culture, entertainment or, and fine art. And so that that's what they would like to do for fun. And that's what they would take us to do. And so I, I really did. I developed an eye for art and aesthetics really early, but I realized that I just love clothes so much more that that was like my favorite part of it. And the, the feeling that I would get to like go to the mall or go to a department store, or go see. And I really think it was actually going to the stores that I, I would get so excited and I would be inspired of like, how can I make this for myself? And so I would just find like I was I was interested in school. I did fine in school, but I was just so much more interested in, in fashion and clothes and like the kind of culture this kind of like fun, fabulous culture that surrounded it. And I didn't, I didn't want to do academics. I thought it was boring. <laughs> yeah. I was interesting my strong suit for <laughs> that. You, that you say your family scientists, because there is kind of, I mean, we, we've been talking about everything that goes into costuming. There is kind of a science to it. So even though you're in the arts, there are, uh, scientific things you have to think about, you know, with, with colors and dimensions. And I mean, a lot of things. It's very, it's a very, it's a very technical work. It's yeah. not like, um, I mean, I do do a little bit of like editorial or like red carpet styling, which is almost more like a pure art form. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, filmmaking or anything that's like related to storytelling is, is very technical and, it's a balance of how to allow your imagination to take it to the place it wants to go and then bringing it back to reality to make it, to make it happen. But yeah, I just like, I'm excited about clothes and the whole process of like 
getting dressed and getting dressed up and doing doing a performance or going to a play. So like becoming a different character. And that's just really, that's like my favorite thing to do by myself and with other people. And mm. all that, all that of getting up at four o'clock in the morning is what they pay me for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's so painful. Yeah, uh, that's like, you the know, work, the work that work stuff, that's what they pay you for. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, you get paid to play. That's what I always yeah. say. As long as it's there, I, I get to get paid to do what I absolutely love. And it's funny, even in my time off, they're like, what do you do on your days off? I'm like, this? Yes. Uh, like, we literally go make fan films or we go shoot something <laughs> else just because it's so enjoyable. Now, I know that you mentioned that you also enjoy the musical aspect and even just even almost more sometimes that musical styling, creative vibe. Um, you know, for a production, you're dressing the costume for the character, but it's also serving the story. Uh, whenever you're doing wardrobe and costuming for an artist, it's about uh, the costume is to complement and support the artists themselves and the expression yes. that they make. Uh, do you notice that difference? And how do you approach a musician when in terms of trying to help them with some styling for music videos? Well, I, I certainly do notice a big difference. And I, I mostly work with women. And I find that the way that they feel about how they look in clothes, their self-esteem as a performer and their self-worth is really tied up in their appearance and how they look in clothes and how they fit in clothes. And part of my job is not just to present them with a visual look that, that shows who they are, makes them like gives them the self-expression but it's to make them feel really good and make them feel usually strong and confident is how they want to feel when they do their performance, but to, to make them feel that way, to make the look on the outside match how they feel on the inside or to even make them feel better than how they think they look mm. by using trickery. <laughs> <laughs> the magic behind uh, your craft. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting how, it also as an actor having having done some acting and things it's it's something like when it's a, you have an idea of a character and you're working towards a character but the moment you get that outfit on and it feels right like you be if that's when you become the character when yeah. you're on that set and you're in that outfit it's something just clicks and especially when it's right it's like yes this is my character and i i too can feel something's not quite right if it's not i'm like ah, i don't know I wouldn't wear this jacket or something. You know, there's right. pieces on it. You can feel it. Oh, absolutely. There is a, so much of it is about, about the feeling. And that's why I was saying, like, I need to get myself into this place of where I'm, like, listening. I'm aware. I'm, and I can, I can feel those feelings that the care, it has to be the right character. So the actor can make that complete transformation into the character and there's this like moments of the process that you go through where you're trying to you're trying to like take your actor over the threshold to embody the character and that you know that when they when they're in their dressing room that this that is the moment of transformation and mm. that i have this opportunity and responsibility to get them from here to there what and are some of the oh. it's very special i have to say yeah it's very touching like the last two projects that i've worked on are 
things that I am really emotionally connected to the source material, as are a lot of people. And those moments where you feel that emotion of the person transforming into their character from the clothes is really powerful. It's really, it's really satisfying in a way that's not related to the actual like craft of Mm. like making, like making a jacket or making a pair of pants or knowing how to set a zipper, which I know, I know how to do all that stuff. It's much more of like a, artistic and personal journey yeah that, that's it's incredible that that moment when the character ceases to be the actor and you can feel it and they are now the character yeah and you get to watch that that's like you're one of the first steps of that process and it's just as those pieces come on you can see mm-hmm. that a transition happen. It's that's so exciting. It's that's why I don't think there's anything boring in this craft. If you're passionate about construction, if you're passionate about electrical work, engineering, design, story in film production, there is always something that you can do that's and it's a rewarding process because you're all working and building towards telling the story. And each, like you already said, Laura, every single part matters. There is no unimportant character, no unimportant person on set, whether you're a PA or whether you're a director, all of it works together to create and tell the story. And if if it is done well, then everything that we're doing is actually serving the story. And my in my mind, whenever I'm thinking about, and maybe you th- think about it this way or not, I, I'm always thinking about who the end user is going to be and what that person is going to feel when they're sitting in there and they're watching this story. What is emotion does it elicit to them? And for me, that's always my end focus: is what does my who is my audience and what I want them to feel by what I'm doing. Uh, do you have any concept of that as well? That I, interaction. I absolutely have a concept of that, and I have to say, like. Like I was saying, the last two projects that I worked on, I have emotional attachment to the material. And so I would, and I was find the best way for me to be successful, whether I'm designing my own fashion line, which I had for quite a few years, or in doing costumes, is to make it real for me. And to try to get that emotional response out of myself. Mm. If going through the process, like if I can get myself and my feelings about it, I I feel that it will translate to the viewer. Mm. Mm. Yep. What are some of the challenges you run into and regularly and how do you get past those challenges? Are there tips and, and tricks and and secrets that you use all the time in order to, you know, make what you do just stand out no matter what the circumstances um, I mean, the t- time money situation is always tough. Yeah. Mm. That's always, that's always, that's always a toughie. And, uh, and some of the other things we run into are people of unusual size. Okay. And you just have to like, I guess, expect the unexpected. Just have a, make sure to keep something in your back pocket. You know, something's always going to go wrong. You don't know what it is. So. Mm-hmm. Are there quick uh, quick fixes that you do a lot of times that nobody ever knows or sees? Well, have and how- tailor. <laughs> have a really good tailor. That's tailor. Okay. Always have a good to just have a good tailor and just have them around all the time. Um, I got a question. Uh, so either how the advice that you're looking for, but that's uh <laughs> for uh for people who are directors, filmmakers, uh, and even for aspiring producers and 
line producers. What kind of, how can I better budget for wardrobe? What kind of things do I need to take into consideration while I'm working that would enable you to do your job better? I know a lot of times we just come up with a number and say, you have $10,000 to do this. Uh, that And I get it. If you have an indie movie, like maybe you only have $10,000 and that's, that's all, that's all you got. But, um, I think being willing to have a conversation with your costume supervisor or your costume designer about how much money they really need. Um, we all have budgeting software. We usually use something that's either called costume plot pro from the old days or a sync on set. Well, we can actually give you like a line item budget from the state, the whole script breakdown yeah. and to get a sense of, to actually take the time to sit down with your costume department and ask them what they need and be, be realistic about it and look at the breakdown and say, you know what? I don't think we can get the look that we want if we don't, if we, if we can't budget this much, like, do we need to, to, can we reallocate more money to you guys um, from a different department? Can we pull the script back to make it so you can have more money so you can use this money better or whatever? But I think underestimating, I think it's a just chronic underestimating of how many people and how many labor hours it takes to properly costume a project and how much work there is on the front end in prep, uh, how much during the shoot there, prep, there there's work on the front and back end of the day, and then how much work there is in wrap. I, I just think it's not well known how uh, in a lot of for a lot of people that it just it just takes a lot more time. Stick around for part two next week. But for now, like and subscribe. And oh yeah, don't forget to watch another video right here.